Welcome to the Daily Pursuit Podcast. My name is Morgan Hodge. I'm a performance coach and neurobiomechanical specialist. And each week we are looking to bring you an inspiring person or message to help you level up your life. Truly appreciate you taking the time and spending it with me today. Let's level up. What's going on, everyone? Happy Wednesday. Hope everyone had a great family day holiday on the Monday. We took the day off, didn't release an episode on that day because it was about spending time with the family, not sitting recording a podcast. Sorry to say. But with that, coming at you today, revisiting a topic that I recorded a while back around our physical states. And today I wanted to revisit it and sort of dive a little deeper into our awareness of those states within ourself and what they mean for us and what our nervous system sort of does and what it controls and how we can become more connected to that. So I hope that you guys enjoy this one, revisiting and digging a little deeper into our physical states as humans and how our nervous system functions and how we can become more connected, aware and take action based on that. Let me know your thoughts. Everything you have ever felt or done in your life was due to brain function. At the most basic level, the intricate firing rates and patterns of your brain both determine who you have been and more importantly, who you will become. All human change represents changes in that individual's nervous system. All that we are is brain derived. What's up, everybody? Today, I want to discuss and dig in to this concept of our physical states. We've talked about this before. I did a podcast a while back on our physical states, and I wanted to revisit it because it's such an important concept. It's such an important piece to understand and to really learn how to develop and connect with so that we can continue to step forward and succeed and improve and grow in our life. So the main question that I want to work around today and work with today is how does our nervous system, its function and its current state affect our output when it comes to training performance in life? Now in the previous episode that I did on physical states, we talked about a little bit about this, but today I want to kind of dig in and and get a little more to us owning that and owning our ability to understand our nervous system and connect to it. And so to start off with, I want to begin just by giving some basic details about our own nervous system so that we have a little bit of context of all that it does and all that it is. So our nervous system, latest estimates um, kind of put it at around a hunt or at having around 120 billion neurons in our human brain. And each of those neurons connects to and works with between anywhere from 10,000 and 80,000 other neurons. That's a lot of connections, right? You do the math on that, 120 billion times 80,000, you end up with 9.6 quadrillion potential connections occurring. That's massive. The Milky Way galaxy has about 200 million stars. Think about that. So we have 9.6 quadrillion potential connections occurring in our brain, in our nervous system. And amongst all of that, we have a whole bunch of information that's coming into us on a day-to-day basis. Our environment itself 
creates our expectations. That's something that is a really important factor to note. Our environment creates our expectations because everything that's coming into our system, everything that we are, is a byproduct of the environment that we live in and that we grow in. That's our physical environment, our emotional, our spiritual, our mindset, all of it. Those environments create our expectations. And so our body is taking in a whole bunch of information on a per second basis. Somewhere around 400 billion total signals per second are coming in as inputs to the body. 2,000 unconscious awareness per second, 40 conscious awareness ones, and 7 plus or minus 2 cognitive thoughts per second. So there's a whole ton of information that we are continually processing and working through our nervous system is on a very unconscious level because otherwise think about that we'd be overwhelmed if we had 400 billion signals that we had to process consciously but good thing we don't have to do that but what this does tell us is that our body and our brain and our nervous system is very much a prediction machine okay it looks for similarities so that it can continue to give a effective output for us. And so it's taking in all that information and processing all that stuff. And we're only conscious of a microcosm of all of that. We're only cognitive of a microcosm of all that. But even within that microcosm, those things that we are conscious of, that we are aware of, we can grab hold of those things and truly start to make some change. We can grab hold of those things and really start to address how we are going about our life and the things that we can, we can change, we can adapt, we can work with to level up and to step forward. So a really important point and concept with all of this is neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is any change in neuron structure or function that is observed either directly from measures of individual neurons or inferred from measures taken across population of neurons. But essentially, neuroplasticity is our brain's ability to change structure physically. So it's ability for it to adapt given what's going on in the stimulus that it's receiving and the inputs it's receiving. It used to be thought that neuroplasticity really kind of ended in our childhood or in our youth. And we didn't, we were kind of set with what we had as we grew uh, older. But it's known now that that's not actually the case. That we <clears throat> have the ability to have neuroplastic change throughout our entire life. Might take us a little more work as we get older, a little more focus, but the ability to change is always there. And that's huge for our ability to step forward and grow if we choose to. Now, our nervous system has a couple main jobs, and these are really important from a foundational understanding perspective. The main primary job of our nervous system is survival. Not your favorite show, not being able to, you know, order a coffee. It is survival. So our body is more oriented towards survival majority of the time and survival processing in the human brain can be summed up as I said before as a prediction our human brain is a prediction machine it wants to predict or it likes it better 
when it can predict what's going to happen because that means it feels safer and less threat, aka ability to survive longer. But if it can't predict what's about to happen, then that's an unknown. That's an unknown variable, which creates what we refer to as free energy. And that free energy builds up that deteriorates our ability to function and live. So we want to help our brain predict what's going to happen. Now, as a prediction machine, this could mean good or bad, because if you repeat the same processes over and over again, you have the same experiences over and over again, that can be a pro or a con when it comes to neuroplasticity and our brain's ability to change. It can be both, because if you're doing the same thing over and over again that isn't serving you or you're providing the same experiences that aren't serving you, the same habits, the same lifestyles, the same choices that don't actually serve you, Here's the thing, your brain is going to make a neuroplastic change because it's predicting that because you do it all the time, so it's going to push you towards that more. It'll actually make you want those negative things more because it's what it can predict and it's in its mind, that's the safest route. So it's really important that we actually consider what are the habits and the things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis? What are the actions that we take on a day-to-day -day basis? Are they pushing us towards growth? Or are they actually hindering us and causing a lack of growth to occur? Our brain doesn't care right or wrong. It's going to make the changes necessary that we repeat, that it can predict continuously. Keep that in mind. Second thing, job of the, of the brain, is movement. And I love this quote, that movement is the basic currency of health, fitness, and performance. Great movement produces healthy, pain-free, high-level performance. Bad movement promotes pain, dysfunction, and progressive decreases in movement, which themselves lead to progressive decreases in brain function and health. So overall, movement is life. So think about this just from a uh, complementary uh, standpoint. Number one job, survival. And so in order for us to be in a survival state and be able to continue to survive, number two job makes sense needs to be movement so that we can go hunt and gather and socialize and do the things that encourage and promote our survival. So those are the two main primary jobs of our nervous system. And like we talked about, we have so many different inputs that are coming into our nervous system at any given time that we're only conscious and aware and aware of a few and so what I want to dig in today about and revisit is the states of our nervous system and how we can become a little more aware of the states that we're in so that we can affect greater change in our life, be it in our training, in our relationships, just in our personal self bubble, right, our own mind. Understanding these states and understanding our, our nervous system from the perspective of the survival primary role and prediction machine can really help in the steps that we take moving forward. So the states of our nervous system. So we have two sides to our nervous system, parasympathetic side and our sympathetic side. On the parasympathetic side, there's two micro components of this. And when I say micro, I don't actually mean that they're small in respect to what they do, but just simply that there's two components to that side. 
And these are our ventral vagus nerve and our dorsal vagus nerve. These are two really primary components to that parasympathetic nervous system. Our ventral vagus nerve allows us to take action. It's the newest one, quote unquote, over the evolution of us as a species um, and allows us as mammals to survive in tribes. Um, it allows us to be social beings. Okay? And that's a really important factor when we look at moments in our life of are we being social or are we being antisocial, right? And so when we're in those moments where we feel like we're super social or we feel like we don't want to be around anyone, we can start to understand where we are more activated in our nervous system. Do we have more ventral activation of that vagus nerve or do we have dorsal activation of that vagus nerve? So ventral side of that vagus nerve, when it's super active, it allows for greater socialization you know, ability to live in society. Um, but there's a really interesting component of this too, in that it controls the muscles of our face and our posture. So when you think about that from just us going about day-to-day -day life, when you look at someone and you're reading their face, you're reading their body language, this is what's helping to control that and have that ability and stimulating from, from there. So we are reading someone else's face, you know, the muscles underneath their eyes, their body language, their posture to see, are they a threat to us? Yes or no? Because again, main primary job of the nervous system, survival. So this is a really important component of our nervous system to be functional and to be aware of because it can truly affect our emotions and our mood that way. And it in fact controls our emotions. It controls our heart rate to stay at a lower rate to allow us so that we don't go flying off the deep end with our emotions. Because if we have too strong of an emotional response, we are going to push into the sympathetic side. But if we have that less emotional response, we have that controlled emotional response by a strongly activated ventral vagus nerve, we're able to control ourselves a little more. So think about that for a second of maybe you know someone that flies off the radar or the rail, I should say, emotionally all the time, right? They just lose it. And they're always in that sort of combative state. That's someone that is not very active in a ventral vagus nerve standpoint. There's someone that needs more ventral vagus nerve activation, more vagus nerve activation, right? We need more stimulus there because they're always going sympathetic. They're always flying off the radar. So this is an important component of the parasympathetic nervous system. The other side of that is our dorsal vagus nerve. And this sort of checks the state of our body. It's the oldest nerve that we have. Um, and it's responsible for our freeze state. So we're going to start to talk about these terms, flow, fight, flight, and freeze, as we progress into this episode. So get used to them, get comfortable with them. So our dorsal, dorsal vagus nerve is responsible for a free state. And this is a really important state for us as humans and for survival. And going into freeze is not necessarily a bad thing. When you actually get down to the root of it, those moments where you freeze and you stop, be it, think about the times when you're training. This is a really easy way to consider it and, and put perspective on it. Those times in your training where you stop, and you're not really sure why, but you just freeze. Right? You just stop moving, you stop lifting the weight, you stop performing, you just stop. And more often than not, you don't really know why. 
right? Afterwards, you're like, I don't know why I stopped. Like, I should have just kept on going. Well, your body's in a state of survival because that's its primary job. So at that time, your old brain was going, dude, you're going to die. So we're going to go into free state because that's going to conserve the most energy. So that's why it's not actually a mental weakness going into free state because your body's actually going, your nervous system's actually going, hey, the best output that we can do right now is to stop because then we will conserve the most energy because if we keep going, we're just going to deplete our energy even more, which means we're less likely to survive. Now, when you're doing a hard training session, you know that, okay, it's tough. I'm not going to die. I'm not getting chased by a bear or a saber-toothed tiger. But again, your body doesn't care that it's a barbell or a dumbbell or that you're running on a treadmill. It just takes in the inputs of feeling the sensation, the readings in your body. It's checking your body's state. Okay, that's the dorsal vagus nerve, checks your body state. So if it's going, ooh, things are feeling or not, not happening, heart rate's going crazy, all sorts of stuff is happening, we're not sure, we can't predict this, we're not really sure what's happening, it's more likely to push you into free state, to make you stop, conserve energy, and then you can start up again. And that's a really important thing for us as humans. Now our sympathetic side of our nervous system this is our fight and flight side. Now these two things are not the same, okay? When we are going through this arc and this cycle and the, this actual sort of wheel, if you will, of these states of being, uh, flow, fight, flight, and freeze, we're gonna go into this fight state when we go in the sympathetic side. And so this fight state is that like, you know, Three, two, one, go, you're getting after it, right? You're in that, you're grinding it out, right? You're like, I got this, okay? And then eventually you're going to hit a point where maybe it starts to feel like, oh shit, I don't know about this, right? I, I, I don't know if I can keep going. And so that's where the flight side comes into play, where you kind of move away. Maybe you drop the barbell, maybe you step away, right? You flee. And then more often than not, you freeze in place. And then you start to get yourself back into a flow state of like, no, I got this. I can keep going forward. Okay. So a great kind of analogy that I, that I saw about this, and I love this from a training perspective, is the workout grace in the CrossFit world. So this is 30 clean and jerks for time. And so the first 10 reps in grace usually feels good. You're in a flow state while you're in that, right? You're like, fuck yeah, I got this. Two, three, four reps in, five. You know, I could go, maybe I, maybe I can go unbroken, right? Your brain starts to think like, yeah, I'm in the zone. I can go unbroken on this. Then you get past 10. Rep 11 comes, rep 12 comes, rep 13 comes about. Now things start to change. Now you're starting to go, oh crap, I'm not even halfway there yet. Starting to feel hard. Your legs are starting to blow up. Your lungs are starting to burn. So then you start to get into this anger state. You're like, fuck it, I got to hold on to this barbell and just go. So that's the fight state. 
right? You're like, I got to get after this. But then as rep 15 comes, rep 16, rep 17, you're holding on, you're grinding, rep 18, and then rep 19 comes, and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, you know what? I'm going to get to 20 and drop the bar. And maybe you don't know why, but you're like, oh shit, drop the bar, you walk away. Flight. You've entered flight stage. And that flight state of being. You have that fear start to set in. Like, crap, that hurts. Okay? But I'm almost there. Let's try three more reps. Okay? In that time, and when you're in that moment, you're not sitting there being like, I love life. My coach is the best. More often than not, you're probably swearing at your coach right now because your coach is going, let's go, pick up that bar. Okay? More often than not, you're going... What am I doing? Why am I, what am I doing with my life right now? Or maybe that's just me. But in that moment where you're contemplating all those things and you're going, holy shit, this is hard. Now you've gone from flight and into free state. But that allows you to reset. You've gone into that free state to conserve that energy and then allows you to reset and go back into that flow state. Because now you've gone, maybe you did three more reps and then you went through fight, flight, and freeze again. And now you're like, no, fuck it, let's do this. Hold on for the last seven. And then you finish. And then once you're done, what happens usually? Boom, free state, collapsed. And now you're trying to recover, conserve energy and recover. So this is the wheel that we, we get into in regards to how we go about not only our training, but in life. And this is the thing that I want you to start to think about is these two sides of our nervous system, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic side, and how are we connected to them? Can we recognize those moments when we're, whether it's training, whether it's relationship, whether it's our day-to-day -day life, those times where we're in that flow state, when we're in that groove and we're just like, this is feeling good, you're in that zone, you're working away, maybe you're you're working on a project or something like that with work and you're just in that space. And then you have something happen and you're kind of like someone challenges you on it or on the plan of action moving forward. And so you kind of go into a little bit of fight state, right? You're kind of like combative with it. You're like, no, this is the way it needs to be, whatever it may be. Kind of go in that fight state. Maybe you bounce back and forth between flow and fight. For a while. And then maybe eventually you end up in flight state. You're like, screw this, I'm out. I'm going to come back to this later. Or I'm going to come back to this argument later. So you flight. You get out of there. And then usually there's a period where there's a freeze where you're contemplating, you're rethinking. You're processing. And then you come back into the flow when you revisit it. So this is something that I think we need to be more conscious of. We need to be more aware of as we go throughout our life. We need to start to become aware of our current state of self and get really intrinsically, like intrinsically understood with ourselves as far as where we are at and how we are feeling. So when we're in that parasympathetic dominant side, so let's talk about that for a second, because 
we, when we go throughout our day, we have these times where we're more dominant from one to the other. And so when we're parasympathetic dominant, remember our ventral and dorsal sides, right? Ability to socialize, ability to check our body and check our emotions, right? Uh, ability to control our state or our free state, okay? Usually when we're parasympathetic, we are at rest. We're not doing much, okay? Parasympathetic is at, st is at play, but we're not in flow during this time when we're generally in that parasympathetic dominant, right? We're just kind of chill. Okay. The system is in an active state, uh, but it's in that sort of building-rebuilding mode. It's trying to recover and recoup. So our system knows that a whole bunch of stuff happened. And so it's trying to sort of download all that information and prepare for anything to come in the future so that there are no more surprises or there's minimized surprises in the future. Like we talked about, a super important part of that is the vagus nerve and the, the ventral and dorsal side of it. And so as we are going throughout our day, think about the times that you're more parasympathetic dominant. When would those be? When would you want to be more parasympathetic dominant? When I think about it and I consider kind of my states throughout my day, I really want to try to do everything I can to be very parasympathetic at the end of my day. Because when I'm finishing up my day, I'm sitting down, I'm eating dinner, post-dinner, you know, bedtime routine, the whole thing, I want that to be parasympathetic. Because a whole bunch of shit has happened throughout my day. And so I want to ensure that the state that I'm in and in the evening is in the right place for me to download all that information, process it all, and actually be in a state that it can, the term rest and digest comes in mind. And again, that applies not only physically, but emotionally, spiritually, relationship-wise, life-wise, right? Rest and digest all that's happened. I want to be in a parasympathetic state for the foods that I'm eating. Or I want to eat foods, I should say, that are going to push me in more of a parasympathetic state in the evening of my day. So for myself, I eat a higher protein content in the evening of my day because it allows and pushes me more parasympathetic, rest and digest. I do things later in the day that help me stay in that rest and digest state and don't push me into a sympathetic state because I'm not looking to be active and, you know, attack and run and take a whole bunch of action in a very sympathetic fight kind of way. I'm looking to be chill, resting, and absorbing everything that happened so that the next day I've absorbed that information, I've processed it, my nervous system now is better equipped for what's to come. And so the flip side of that is sympathetic dominant. So when would we want to be sympathetic dominant in our day? For myself, sympathetic dominant generally lasts throughout the day because if you're taking action throughout the day, you want to be on, you want to be going. right? You want to be active mentally, emotionally, physically. Now we might have sort of fluctuations in how much we're pushing into sympathetic. And the usual way that I refer to this is when you're really going after it in training, 
that's when you want to be like pure raw sympathetic mode right you're in that fight mode and you're just freaking giving her and so there's things that we can do not only like nutrition wise but also mindset wise and just general state of self wise mentally emotionally to push ourselves into that sympathetic state and i'm not just talking just raw raw motivation like to get ourselves all like amped up but that does help right but just being more conscious and aware and acknowledging those times and the need for that type of state is important acknowledging that during either i'm going into training and so i want to be in a sympathetic state i want to be getting after it in this training session so we have to make a psychological mental shift in our mind if we truly want to go there i don't think many people do frankly i think many people stay generally parasympathetic and then they're kind of forced into sympathetic in their training but they're not conscious of it they're not taking the intention and taking the action to become sympathetic and to push themselves more sympathetic because it does start with our mind so the interesting thing about the sympathetic dominant side is that when we enter into that side there's a whole bunch of things that are going on in our system that allow us to really like turn on to really attack whatever it is that we're doing now if we're truly sympathetic and we enter into that flight mode that's sort of that panic mode of our body we have a lot of different things happening like lipolysis is activated uh glycogenolysis is activated uh or occurs i should say uh we have a cortisol spike okay we have maximum amount of energy is being produced to meet a life or death situation which we know is not life or death half the time um majority of the time but to our old brain it's like holy shit there's a whole bunch of stuff happening we're in this state of like freak out usually we feel this in training um and so we have all these things happening to give us the maximum amount of energy possible so that we can survive. Sometimes we see our coordination go out the window and our ability to learn and take in information. Um, and it can be costly on us. And so this is something that, frankly, we need to consider. And when we talk about the level of output that we're going in on a day-to-day -day basis, this isn't just, like I say, about training. The easiest correlation and connection is with our training and understanding like that notion of you can't just crush your soul every single day of your training because you're going to hit a wall. Because going into that really sympathetic dominant and that fight and flight mode, that's, these stages are very costly to our body. They need that time to recover and rest. But if you're constantly just hammering that sympathetic state, whether it's training, whether it's the lifestyle that you lead, you are going to hit a wall and you're going to crash. Okay? We need to become conscious of how long and how much are we staying in those states. Usually, eventually, we lead, it leads us to a freeze state. 
and you've probably experienced this maybe yourself or you know someone that has where they're going at such a high rate all the time and then eventually, boom, they just crash. They enter that free state because the body's like, whoa, we need to slow the fuck down. We need to rest and absorb and rest and digest and recover. And that's the beauty of our body is that it will push us to what it needs. Because again, primary job being survival. But if we can become more conscious of it, we can pick up on it sooner and not have ourselves get to that state where it crashes. We can recognize when we're in certain states and better flow throughout that wheel and back and forth as needed. So really, the main thing that I'm wanting to really drive home with all of this with this episode today, with this understanding of the states that we are in, is that if you're wanting to have greater performance in your life, whether it's fitness performance, getting stronger, whether it's relationship, whether it's work, just general health, well-being, mindset, whatever that is, it's about getting our system to function efficiently. And in order for that to happen, it requires you to be a part of it. It requires you to take action. And sometimes that might mean taking action and asking for help because you're not sure how to start or how to go about it. But at the end of the day, it will always require you to be a part of it, be a part of that process. Because if you can become a part of that process and you can begin to recognize and feel and understand these different states that you're in, recognize when you feel yourself going into flight or when you're in freeze or when you're in that flow state or that fight state in all the different aspects of your life, when you become a part of it and you truly tap into that and you start to be able to actually almost control that back and forth to some level between a parasympathetic state, sympathetic state, increase ventral vagus nerve activation or dorsal vagus nerve activation, when you start to understand and be able to tap into that stuff, you can make some massive, massive changes in your life. And this doesn't just come down to one single thing, right? Our system does not just function one thing and then another thing. Everything's intertwined. So just adjusting one thing, you know, just adjusting your diet and thinking that that's going to make just the biggest change for your life doesn't happen. There's so many layers to it. It's not just about one thing. Adjusting your diet and just thinking that that's going to be the sole reason why you lose weight or you gain muscle. No. It has an effect on it. Yes, absolutely. I'm not by any means saying it won't have an effect. But that's an oversimplification because there are so many layers to our ability to have that growth and to level up and to make those changes. Our system is far more complex than just singular change that way. So let's do something about our state and our being and how much control and awareness we have about it. Let's step forward and actually start to recognize when we go in and out of these different states and how well we can control it.
How well are we aware of it? How well are we able to take action on it? My challenge to you with this is, first and foremost, consider the times where you are in a parasympathetic, so rest and digest more state or social state. Consider the times where you feel your emotions go off the deep end and it pushes you into a sympathetic state. And then sub to that, consider the wheel. When are you in flow? When are you in fight? When are you in flight? When are you in freeze? Start to just simply identify those in your life. Don't even worry about making adjustments or changes. Just simply identify those in your life. And then we can talk about the next steps. Then you can start to take action. Once you've identified those different states in your life, then you can start to truly take action on them and start to make the adjustments necessary. But again, it requires you to be a part of the process. It requires you to be a part of the journey. 400 trillion to one odds of being a human. You might as well step forward and be a part of that journey. There you have it, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Digging in a little deeper into our states of being, our nervous system, and how it affects our day-to-day life and our ability to take action on things or when it inhibits us from doing so. And I hope that you also started to gain some insight and recognize when you were in the certain states that we discussed. And as I say, that's my challenge to you is to simply identify when you are in the certain states, be it parasympathetic or sympathetic, fight, flight, uh, freeze or flow. When are you in those states? Let's start to become more a part of the process. Let's be about our life and our process and our journey even more. Let me know your thoughts. Send this episode out to a friend that you think could get something out of it. Tag me on Instagram, tag me on Facebook, whatever social media platform. As always, truly appreciate you guys and everything that you do, everything you bring to my life, to this platform. Love all you. Have a fantastic day. Love all you.